0: What's going on, everybody? Real quick, I need you to do two things before we get to the episode. Maybe after the episode, do this. Check out the Fantasy Football Dudes podcast. If you play fantasy football, the Fantasy Football Dudes are going to give you their Week 13 recap, they're going to give you their Dudes and Duds, and they're going to give you some Divas. So check out the Fantasy Football Dudes podcast. Also, if you have any needs for fertilizer, any chemicals, or any specialty product needs, I want you to call my friend Josh Wolf at Simpla. He's a pest control advisor over there with 10 years of crop advising experience. Call him at 559 567 9500. Thank you, and we're champs, baby. Hello, Red Wave, Mountain West champs. Do this thing. This is Boyer Bulldogs podcast. My name's Caleb. Joining me, as always, my good friend Caleb Plutz. Caleb Plutz, sorry for uh, your eardrums. How is everything? First off,
1: oh, it's been? fantastic. Yeah, um, I mean, dogs' winning streak keeps keeps rolling, and uh, <laughs> this one's even sweeter for uh, conference championship on the blue turf. So, um, yeah, hard hard to That's beat. Right. it. Right. Yeah, it's great game. Hopefully um, you either got to watch or listen to it and uh, yeah, look forward to breaking it down. Dogs win 28-16. Pretty much complete dominance
0: of this game. We're going to get to your guys' reactions and thoughts to the game right now before we break it down a little further. I mean, you guys do a pretty good job. So you make our job really easy. So thank you. But you can follow us on Instagram at Beware Bulldogs Podcast and on Twitter at Beware C S U F. You want to get involved over there? Uh, we have a lot of fun. Let's do this thing. The ghost of Jim Sweeney. He's got, he, he put a couple on there. He said, I know Caleb and Caleb have to be tipsy after that game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't. What was your means of celebration after the game Caleb? You don't have to share all, but and you don't have to tell me if you're tipsy or not, but uh how, what were your means of celebration?
1: Uh it, not much. It was more just like relief. Um I'll be honest, like the the <laughs> the, the, the whole game like yeah, it, it was weird because it felt like Philadelphia was in control and Boise couldn't do anything on offense, so I, I felt pretty good. But at the same time, I just you know was nervous the whole time and just worried about the, the Boise curse coming back to get us. So uh, yeah, it was more just like relief. I think I just laid on my couch. It was just like, oh, uh, we did it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I had to – it was my sister's birthday, so was, I had to go celebrate a birthday right after. So, you know, your boy had um, some champagne – I did. Let's go. Yeah. So uh I built gingerbread houses and uh, yes, the awful gingerbread house. If you saw on Instagram, that was mine. <laughs> that I yeah, I know. Uh I was too excited. Anyways, uh it, it, coach, uh coach Jim Sweeney also said, I mean, we all are, right? Speaking of being tipsy, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure he also says the player of the game goes to the defense. What a tale of two seasons for these kids. They may never there may never be a better story than the 2022 Bulldogs. Congratulations, congratulations, and let's win the bowl game. One more win and we make it in even 10. Sounds like a great season to me. Yeah, the defense was stellar. Um well we'll, we'll talk more about it. I I got a lot, we'll, we'll have lots of things to say. Uh, a real Fresno State fan. Let's go, baby. Mountain West champs. Next L.A. Bowl. Uh, If you don't know by now, the Fresno State Bulldogs have been selected and they accepted the invite to the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. I, I, I think that's the right way of putting it. And we will be playing Washington State. Wazoo. It should be a good game. We're going to have a preview for that. And uh, we'll, we'll try to find somebody from there to talk Washington state football. I mean, it should be a fun game. Your first reaction to the game, to
1: the news. Yeah, Great. I mean, we, we love taking on Pac-12 opponents. So uh, to get a third one in uh, a season is, is awesome. And I think it's a fun way to close out the year and hopefully um finally get a victory this season against a uh, Pac-12 opponent. So um yeah, looking forward to it and, yeah, I know that uh, it is a beatable opponent for Fresno State. Um I think Washington State has beat who they're they were supposed to beat and um you know lost to all of the you know good ranked Pac-12 teams that were ahead of them. So um, you know, kind of middle of the pack, but definitely competitive. I mean, I know their quarterback was a big time transfer in from FCS level and uh Incarnate Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, he he put up a lot of a lot of yeah. numbers there, and so um, you know they, they have the potential of you know an explosive offense. So yeah, it should be interesting to you know learn a little bit more about Washington State because I don't think I've watched them really at all this year. So uh, yeah, be good, uh, and we have a little bit of time to kind of do a little research on them and see what we're getting into.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll just tell you what I know right now. They upset Wisconsin. I don't know if Wisconsin was a good team. Uh, they were ranked for a little bit. Uh, there was something else I was going to say. Oh. The disrespect, which I thought, because I had heard this, we were going to play the fifth-place team in mm-hmm. the Pac-12. Well, turns out we played the seventh-place team in the Pac-12. So I don't know who Utah State played uh, with the placement of Oregon State last year in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, but they beat them. So the Mountain West champ beat, let's just call Oregon State, Let's make, let's just say they finished fifth. Someone needs to fact check me on that. But if we play, if Utah state beat the fifth place pack 12 team, and now they're giving us the seventh place team, the disrespect. Come on.
1: Well, I mean, if you, if you look at the, the pack 12 rankings, so, you know, Oregon state was uh fifth, fifth best. So I know that usually in bowl matchups, they try not to have like a repeat matchup that has we already played this year. There. We so, wanted it. Right. We, we would have gladly accepted it, but like, okay, I can understand that the next team, UCLA. So UCLA does not want the smoke <laughs> here. They, they, they do not want Fresno state at all. So no,
0: they, they declined the bid. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, so that then it goes down to Washington state and they're pretty much the last option because after them, you're getting into all the teams in the back 12 that were sub 500. So um, yeah, I guess that, you know, Pac 12 so is got, is, is, oh is, is, scared of, uh, is scared of uh scared of President State.
0: Yeah, we got the last team eligible to play in a bowl game in the Pac 12. What an absolute joke. But what you know what? That's fine. They'll they'll actually probably give us a good game. It should be a fun game either way. Okay, back to you guys. Michael, stellar, exceptional. Can't even express how proud I am to be a Bulldog fan today. Go Dogs. I think you speak for all of us. Arthur Perez, that was fun. <laughs> loved pointing it on them at their place. Go Dogs. <laughs> Always love beating Boise in Boise. I the only thing I worry about is getting spoiled because now that's two champion two conference championships in a row when we were there. We beat them. So mm-hmm. now it I just expect to beat Boise in Boise now. And and I think the Boise fans are starting to expect the same to lose to Fresno State now. In Boise. Yeah, I mean,
1: if you if you just look at the, the turnout and crowd um, from that <laughs> game compared to the first game, I mean, that's pretty embarrassing uh, turnout for a home crowd for a championship game when historically, you know, their team has been able to handle the Fresno State Bulldogs. So, yeah, that's that's a that's a tough look for the Broncos. So
0: and the, the same season earlier in the season, we played there and they set the all time attendance record mm-hmm. in Albertson Stadium. And Jake Haner wasn't playing. Evan Williams wasn't playing. (laughs) Now we have stars all over the field and you don't show up. That's cool, though. That's cool. I see what you think about us. All right. Mr. Clutch. Frustrating in the beginning, but turned out to be a great overall team win. We'll talk about it all. Costanza Da King. I cannot be prouder of our dogs. They really persevered through some tough losses and then turned the season into a conference championship winning one. Couldn't have written it better. Go Dogs. Amadeo Rodriguez, I'm so proud as a parent to part of the Fresno State family. My daughter's a student, Bulldog Band member, cancer survivor, as United States Marine Corps veteran. The devil dog mentality is instilled in me and I see it in all of you. Go Dogs. Semper Fidelis. Wow. What about that? Yeah. Uh, Single use plastic. By the way, if, if, if they're saying that uh, there's some U.S. Marine Corps devil dog mentality, and he's seeing that in, in the players, and he said all of you, so maybe in you and me, Kale. No, just kidding. But in the uh, <laughs> players, that's some legit stuff right there. Single-use plastic, perfectly executed, stuck with the run game, grew into the passing game. I've been wanting that all season. It was so good. Great defensive game plan, making Boise play in a style that they struggle with. Totally agree. Special teams really helped us seize the momentum. Nico is such a difference maker and having coach Baxter back is amazing. Did you see Nico and coach Baxter and uh, them hugging and Nico hyping them up and on the TV? Did you see that?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. It looked like a pretty special deal. And I, I think it's it, it's gotta be validating for Baxter to, you know, coming back from, you know, not coaching for several years. And I mean, I think thankfully he had, you know, a really electric returner <laughs> to aid his comeback. But yeah, really, really cool moment there that, you know, I know it, it definitely takes some buy-in from the players to, you know, really play hard on special teams. And I think Baxter and Tedford achieved that and yeah, so really great showing by and the and the special teams. It was awesome.
0: Kevin, lights out defense. Boise fans didn't show up. Boise is no longer the king of the conference. Momentum going into next year. This win felt so great. I totally agree, and I have it written down on the outline, so we're going to talk about the future of Boise and Fresno State and what this win means, in our opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that you brought it up, Kevin. Jonathan Stormer, great game. I knew they were going to win. <laughs> he knew it. Uh, seeing Jake <laughs> perform uh, well, good and Perales back on the field, it was great. Bulldogs offense and defense was solid. Hard to believe that Boise went undefeated in co- conference. Yeah. That, that, I think that just shows you how weak the Mountain West was this year, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Matt, what an incredible season and incredible performance from the defense. Simple and to the point. Love it. Lou Hewittson. We no longer fear them or their place. PTSD slowly eroding. <laughs> uh, Mama Eileen gives us the baby screaming at the hockey game. Penguins. I love that meme or GIF. Uh, Remy, Dad, it ain't over till it's over. Championship season. Very true. All right, moving along. John Carum, we're playing Washington State in the L.A. Jimmy. Kimmel Bowl. Yes. Sorry. We stole your thunder. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Bronx Bombers. Great game by Jake Two Chains. Hainer. Uh, if you know, you know. Pure dominance. Uh, Mariah Morales. Awesome. Ala Rosa 44. He has a question for us, Caleb. Okay. Would the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl win be the biggest bowl win in Fresno State history?
1: Oh, wow. Um, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I know. Just, you know, I'm a big fan of our dominance of UCLA. I think we took them down in the Silicon Valley Bowl back in I think it was 2003. So um, that was a big one. But yeah, I mean, definitely coming off a conference championship, I feel like a win in this bowl game can do a lot for, you know, national perception of Fresno State and the Mountain West too. And especially since U- Utah State did the same thing last season and taken down a Pac-12 opponent. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it is important for, you know, momentum, especially in conference realignment conversations. And, um, yeah, that this team's really doing everything they can, I think, to, you know, put good film out there and just show, look, we're we're going to play hard no matter who's on the schedule and uh, going to keep fighting. So, yeah, I think it could be um, you know, a really big bowl win.
0: I agree. I, it's hard for me to say that it would be the biggest bowl win in Fresno history because when you look, look at the history, there's a lot of big bowl wins. Um, our undefeated season, uh, back in the day, um, I, there's a lot of big bowl wins. Mm-hmm. But I think for the importance of changing the program and how the nation sees us, possibly, yes, this could be the biggest. If we were to win, this would be the biggest bowl win in that aspect. Does that make any sense?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree.
0: Uh, He he also says he wanted to see Fresno win a championship in the two years. He was there, proud to be a dog. Glad you got to see that. I did not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Randall64, Boise will be tough. Next couple of years, but they got outclassed by Fresno. They do have a good future. Kevin, I would say overall, the team had a great game on offense and defense side of the ball. I'm going to give them an A-plus overall. Oh, all right. Uh, We're going to give our grades later on after the bowl season. But thank you guys for sending those in uh, a lot this time around. Of course, Mountain West Championship, I hope to hear from everybody. Um, If you didn't, hopefully we'll get you at the bowl game. If you didn't get yours in, we'll get you uh, for the bowl game next time. All right, Caleb, let's look at the numbers and let's talk about some things that we saw. First off, I'm going to change it up. I want to start by talking defense because the defense is so good. They deserve to be talked about first,
1: I think. And even before you do that, we should probably say the final score of the game. So Fresno State (laughs) comes away with victory 28 to 16. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Uh, Defense. What stood out to you about this defense?
1: I think in terms of individual performances, Carlton Johnson really stood out to me. Um, It seemed like early in the game, he was, you know, a lot of throws were going his way. He was making a lot of open field tackles. I think, yeah, he had six total tackles on the day. And um, so I was just really impressed with his performance. I mean, I feel like every uh, recap the last probably four weeks, we've been mentioning his name in terms of just really stepping up and playing well. Um, so, yeah, I'm really pleased with him. And same thing with LJ Early. I mean, he led the team in tackles with seven to- uh, solo yeah. tackles and just did a really good job of tackling in space. And I think that's really important, especially going up against, uh, you know, a shifty mobile quarterback and Taylor Green. Because um, if he they aren't able... awesome tackle. He on did green. Yeah, and so and that's really a big difference against, you know, a mobile quarterback and, you know, if they're able to get away and, you know, make those, you know, miss those tackles, I mean, it's it's a completely different game because uh Green was, you know, pretty much held in check running the ball. I mean, he had 30 yards rushing on 8 attempts. So, um that's definitely a success for for this defense. <laughs> so last time
0: we played Boise We've said it multiple times. They ran for over 300 yards. George holani had over 200. Ashton Jainty had over 100. This time around, Holani 74. Jainty, 32. Taylor Green 30. Non-existent. They couldn't do anything. Also, Taylor, because we shut down the run game, so they totaled 146 yards on the ground, no touchdowns on the ground. Taylor Green was forced to throw the ball, and we said this, this was the key to the game. Everybody you talked to knew we have to force Taylor Green to to throw the ball we did he looked awful yeah and and boys i was looking on twitter boise fans feel the same way taylor green i mean granted they said he had a down game but we knew us fresno fans we knew he wasn't that good throwing through the air
1: yeah i mean you know something that we brought up in our conversation with tim brando before the game was you know one of the big you know differences in these teams is you know jay caner six-year experienced quarterback yeah. And tailing Green, redshirt retro freshman, um, you know, first time playing in really a game of this magnitude. And I think it just showed, you know, his lack of experience and credit to Coach Coyle on the front of state defense. I mean, they were bringing pressure and doing what they could do to put him in uncomfortable situations. And he made several mistakes. And that ultimately cost, you know, Boise State, uh, you know, the game, I think. And um, so, yeah, I – I guess we kind of know what we're talking about in terms of storylines there. So,
0: (laughs) well, I I appreciate you bring up LJ early because I kind of think from a fan's perspective, we didn't get to see, we saw a lot of LJ early play, but you didn't hear a lot of LJ early, right? And this was the game where LJ early kind of had a coming out party at this season. In my opinion, he was everywhere. Also, we shouldn't, failed to mention cam lockridge had two interceptions that were huge but i loved lavelle bailey one of cam lockridge's interceptions came because lavelle bailey tipped the ball up in the air and he was all over the field making tackles i think he he totaled seven tackles but uh had a, a six solo right behind lj i thought lj i excuse me i thought lavelle bailey had a great game he did exactly what he's supposed to do. You know, we brought up in the preview that he's going to play, and I thought that was huge. Um, and he was it was big to have him there. Also, Prowess did play a couple plays, a couple snaps, uh, recorded no tackles. However, he did have a pass deflection. I thought he was going to have another pick. I was, yeah, hoping he yeah, went.
1: he that and and that was that was early in the game, too, and really kind of stopped some Boise momentum on that drive. And so, yeah, he, he did get to play a little bit, which was great. I think that's good for him too, especially in, you know, the close, you know, book ending his college career, uh, you know, getting to play in that game was important and yeah, he still made made an impact even though I'm sure he was not a hundred percent on, on that injured leg.
0: We totaled no sacks on the game, but I think that is, well, one is perfectly fine because it ended up being all right. We won, <laughs> but We didn't need to against a quarterback like Talon Green. I think we want to keep him in the pocket. We wanted to keep him in the pocket, contain him. They did a great job of that. I was really happy uh, with the defense.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that that might have even been part of the game plan or coaching, too, because I I noticed a handful of times, you know, pressure coming off the edge with either linebacker or corner, and, you know, them not really, like, sprinting full speed, like trying to tackle them, just really being conservative with, you know, keeping contain. And um, so, yeah, I have to think that that was part of the game plan in thinking. Okay, let you know we'll bring pressure. You know, maybe try to get a hit on him a time or two. But um, you know, if there's not sacks, it's okay. Just put put the pressure on him and make sure he doesn't escape for you know a big run.
0: They did a great job. Defense was awesome. How, okay, well, let me ask you this: 2018 defense, 2022 defense. What do you think?
1: Which, yeah, one, um, which one um, would you
0: take? You are gonna and a lot of the guys we had on are part of that 2018 2008 yeah. team. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so I am. Um, I am glad you asked that because I, I was going to bring this up too. So, I I see a lot of similarities similarities in these two teams, and the fact that you know the the defense of both the championship teams was really the reason why they succeeded and won the championship. Uh, I think that two thousand eighteen team was awesome. I mean. Jeff Allison, Michael Walker, Mike Bell, Juju Hughes, Georgie, Jeff Bailey, Jeron Bryant, Tank Kelly. I mean, those are that was a really, really good defense. And that was a team that went eleven and two. And gosh, I I think that there's a lot of really good players on this Fresno State team. And as the season's gone on, I think the defense has gotten better. Um, but I think from start to finish, that that 18 defense was just really strong.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know where to go with, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I love the linebackers. I love Lavelle Bailey and, uh, Maurice Norris and Malachi Langley killing it. I think, you know what? No, I'm going with 2022. Somebody's got a rough 2022 team. I'm doing it. I'll take this defense. All right. Let's talk numbers on offense. First, I want to say first quarter looked rough. I think the offensive line struggled a little bit, just picking up um, blocks and seeing what's going on. You could see Jake was, I think he was a little bit flustered, trying to get the ball out quick. Um, I saw there's a couple plays. There was a first down play. We had everybody run a route farther than 10 yards, and Jake got sacked. I didn't like that. Uh, That was just the first quarter, though. After that, I thought we looked fine. we came out, scored 14 points in the second quarter. Granted, one was Nico's uh, uh, punt return, and then we had a short field on the interception. I'm going to take it all we got, but we moved and we scored. Uh, And then fourth quarter, again, we scored 14 points. So talk to me about how the offense started first, and then we'll talk more numbers. What did you think about first quarter and then later on in the game?
1: Yeah, Overall, really slow start. I mean, first series only gained six total yards, second series <laughs> negative four total yards, and it just seemed like something wasn't clicking. I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe it was the cold, the shadows, or something because I know the shadows did seem to affect a little bit in terms of receivers seeing the ball. I think Nico had a drop, um, that it seemed like you just couldn't see it or something. So, but yeah, overall, really slow start, and then, um, you know, coming in. The third drive, where it ended up ending in a missed field goal, um, left hash is yeah. the curse of this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're finally getting getting to move the ball. They hit a couple chunk plays to to Nico uh, on some long, you know, crossing routes, which was good. And I mean, Jake was really targeting Nico early, um, and then kind of went to Cropper for a couple, and then he went to Pope yeah. for a couple. And so uh, yeah, just kind of interesting how how that uh, progressed, but. Yeah, I mean, I think really the, the the turning point in terms of scoring was, you know, that that punt return which, you know, was huge in really just getting the energy up uh for the team. Um so yeah, Nico taking it back 70 yards and thank you Boise punter for kicking the line drives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah plenty of time to to get moving and um and then, you know, immediately getting the 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 interception uh with Lockridge and so I think those two things really shifted um, momentum in this game and really put Fresno State on top. Um, so yeah, I honestly like, yeah, I credit more of the special teams and defense to actually you know, putting this team yeah. in scoring position and, um, you know, getting that momentum going into halftime.
0: Well, let's talk Jake Hayner. 17 for 27, 184 yards, one touchdown. His quarterback rating was pretty low, not as low as t- t- Taylor Green. Uh, but not it wasn't used. We weren't used to seeing this from Jake. Talk to me about Jake Hayner and what you uh, thought.
1: Yeah, I mean I kind of whiffed on my projection here. I was thinking it was going to be a big throwing day and three touchdowns, which you know I'm I'm happy to be wrong when we still win. So, um, but yeah, it was just you know a defensive struggle. I mean, the Boise State defense did a good job of of limiting this Fresnel State offense. I mean, keeping Jake to under 200 yards passing is um, you know a feat on its own. And, um, I mean, limiting Mims to 83 rushing yards, too. I mean, that it's a good defensive performance by Boise State. It's just, you know, the, the special teams of defense for Fresno State really ended up being, you know, what turned it in Fresno State's favor. But, yeah, I mean, overall, Jake did what he needed to do. And I think most importantly, you know, he, he didn't turn the ball over. And, yeah. you know, he took a handful of sacks, which, um, you know, obviously hurt and kind of credit that more to the offensive line. But you know, in those situations, he could have easily done like Taylor Green and just kind of chuck it up and try to make something happen. Um, but you know, I think that's the experience there is you know, there's still plenty of game left. You know, don't don't drastically change momentum, you know, on one play just by throwing up a prayer. So yeah, I think that was most important. And um, I mean in some of the the most painful games for this team. It's been, you know, can, can Jake play a perfect game and not turn the ball over? And I mean, that's, that's what he did. He was perfect enough and didn't, you know, do anything to turn the ball over, which, which was huge.
0: Yeah. What I think it says most is that earlier in the year, we would say if Jake put up those numbers, we would say, Oh no, we'd probably lose this game. But because it was a full team effort, we didn't have to rely on Jake. The mm-hmm. whole team came together, big win. So Yeah, it was a rough game for Jake. Boise defense, it's not a bad defense. I'm not going to say they're great, but it's not a bad defense. Uh, So, yeah, there's going to be problems. What I did see from Jake that I liked, and I think pro scouts are going to like too, is he learned how to take a sack. And, I mean, we've we've seen the progression of last year getting absolutely clobbered. This year, (laughs) starting to learn, like, okay, maybe I... Maybe I should just fall down right here. Got, right. I'm not going to get killed. I'll take the sack, live the fight another day. We got put in some second and longs, third and longs, really longs. And we weren't able to convert we either one because sacks two or two because of penalties, but I'm okay with it to an extent. Uh, I may, the conversation may change if we lost. But, and then we'd be talking about those things specifically. But I, I actually liked Jake and the way he took some sacks and keeping himself um, healthy. Let's put it that way. Granted, never like sacks. <laughs> Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he came uh, very accurate. He was very accurate, looked off safeties. Uh, he was good later on in the game. He was awesome. Um, his touchdown pass to uh to Pope in the end zone was on a string, dude, on a rope.
1: Yeah. Okay. Really, really yeah. impressive, bro. And and on a big third down too. I think it was what third and was third and long, yeah. right? It's like third and eight or third and ten or something so. like that. So yeah, no, that zone. was a huge conversion.
0: All right, running game. Uh, a lot of people wanted to see Jordan Mims have a big game. He, I, I think he did twenty five carries that. That might be the most he carried it all year. I don't know. Somebody fact-checked me on it. Uh, 83 yards, two touchdowns. Long of 14. Malik Sherrod had two carries for six yards, and that six yards was uh, his longest. That was all his yards right there. (laughs) And then uh, we saw William also get a carry. Jake, like I said, was sacked, uh, what, three times? Mm-hmm. Uh, for negative 17 yards so uh if you take that into account we only had 61 yards rushing and i think somebody had a a sweep your favorite play i think that went for negative yards too is that right
1: yeah uh yeah box scores are showing team negative 11 rushing yards so uh yeah someone's not getting that kind of against them but <laughs> Yeah, you know they're they're always going to want to try to throw, uh, you know, either a swing pass for negative yards or a sweep for negative yards. So maybe that's just part of their game plan.
0: <laughs> yeah, but let's talk about Jordan Mims, and I'll show the Sherrod one, run, which I thought was a great strong run. Uh, what did you think about these uh, the running backs?
1: Yeah, I mean, early he was just getting stuffed and stuffed, and then it seemed like later in the game. I mean, once Jake had kind of hit some you know, passes, and they were. You know, getting a couple chunk plays. You know, Jordan was able to find a couple holes, and you know they they did enough to move the ball. And I mean, he's just been clutch. Uh, you know, on goal line situations and goal to go, um, which is a big change from what we were talking about at the beginning of the season when this team was just struggling to find the end zone once they get in the red zone. And so, yeah, that was a huge improvement. I mean, Jordan Mims two two touchdowns. Um, you know, from goal to go situations. And I think this team's finally figured out, you know, how to get the ball um, to him in in the end zone. So, yeah, really resilient performance. I mean, he was taking some hits and, you know, playing hard and did enough. I mean, 25 carries. Yeah, I agree. That's got to be, you know, towards the top in terms of, you know, number of carries he's had on the season. So, yeah, he's he's a stud and has definitely been a huge contributor for this team uh, here in 2022. Yeah, we
0: got down to the goal line and we saw uh, what is that? uh, Like a fake fullback dive pitch Mm -hmm. to Mims, took it in. Uh, We also did see a fullback dive that didn't really go anywhere. But Mims ran strong. I really liked what I saw from him. Uh, Brando said he's an NFL player. So, and I agree. I think we all agree Mims is an NFL player. So it it was good to see him get two touchdowns in the spotlight. He deserved that. All right, now here's the thing. Uh, we we'll move on to the receiving core. This is here's the thing that was very different from what we are used to seeing. Only four people caught a ball. Yeah, Nico had five receptions for sixty-eight yards. Jalen Moreno Cropper had five receptions for sixty yards. Got him, <laughs> got him over a thousand. Got him over a thousand. Zane Pope four receptions for fifty-one yards and a touchdown, and then. Mims had three receptions for five yards for a total of 184 yards. I, That's it. We didn't see anybody else catch a ball, catch a pass. What did you think about this?
1: Yeah, interesting. But at the same time, you know, in a championship game, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, the quarterback is going to target the guys that he has confidence in and knows that they're going to be able to bring him down. Um, I know he, he uh, Jake overthrew Magdalena on a, a deep ball oh, yeah
0: yeah, that was a touchdown um,
1: yeah, so it's, it seems like Jake's just hasn't been able to engage <laughs> max speed so um <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean it was Nico heavy early and, and Jalen kind of in the middle of the game and then Pope you know at the end of the game and um you know those three guys have been huge the last you know four or five six games uh, really for you know the whole winning streak so. Um, yeah, we're really interesting and, you know, we didn't really see much from Eric Brooks or, uh, either of the tight ends. I don't even think they attempted to pass to any of the tight ends. So, uh, um, might, but it, made me uh, sad, but that's, yeah, I mean. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it kind of makes sense. Oh, they yeah. were, yes. They yes. were kind of keep keeping them in for, you know, max protection too. Cause I mean, the, the line was letting them through and, you know, Jake needed as much time as possible. So, um, yeah, credits to those guys for doing enough to, um, You know, move the ball when they got it.
0: From what I saw in the beginning, Jake missed a lot of guys underneath early. And there was some frustration there I saw from uh, Moreno Cropper. It, You know, he he eventually found him and moved on. But they played a lot of zone Mm -hmm. and picked them apart. Those guys could not guard us at all. So, and Jake made some really good passes reading the zones and throwing guys open. Mm-hmm. It, he looked really good. And, uh, the wide receivers, other than what Nico's one drop, which, you know, will catch with the hands, I guess yeah. that's all you could say, <laughs> but you brought up lighting, uh, the sun, uh, they were great. No complaints there. Yep. All right. So last thing, special teams, Nico, we mentioned earlier, brought it back 70 yards for a touchdown. Um, uh, he had three punt returns for a total of 82 yards and one went for 70 in a touchdown. He also had two kickoff, uh, t- kickoff returns uh, for 57 yards. One was a 47 yard return that I thought he was going to take back. And then the kicker uh, shoved him out of bounds and then had some words to say little dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> I I got a good kick out of it though. And then uh Abe, like you said, missed from the left hash, but was perfect for uh, from extra point land. And then Carson King had seven punts for 290 yards. He had one touchback and a long of 59. I think he had a 35-yarder. That didn't look that great. But I, For some reason, all season, it never looked smooth. From the long snapper to the holder to the kicker, nothing ever looked 100% this smooth. We got things figured out. I, does, am I making yeah,
1: sense? I, oh, to, totally. I agree. Yeah. I mean, Carson King has kind of been one of the, I guess, main complaints from, from us, I think in terms of the special teams this season. So, uh I mean, he, he did, you know, boot one, <laughs> he basically had one, one good kick, the 59 yarder and everything else was, I mean, really short. So, I guess we can cut him some slack. I mean, it was really cold, so I'm sure, you know, kicking that kicking that ball probably <laughs> hurt. But, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, over the off season, you can kind of improve, you know, strength and, I guess, technique and try to, um, you know, be able to kick a little farther. But the, the punt cover team did a good job. I mean, they didn't really give up anything in terms of return. But, I mean, when you're only kicking it 40 yards, you know, your team should be able to cover it. So. Um, yeah, overall did enough. Um, but yeah, fr- frustrating on the really short kicks because, um, you know, this team just isn't really able to flip the field. Um, so, I mean, especially when we're kicking from deep in our own territory, it's pretty much guaranteed that the opponent's going to have good field position. So, yeah, that's been a bit of a frustration. Um, and then, yeah, special teams wise, the team did recover an onside kick too. I think Matt came yeah. down with it. So, um, yeah, overall in the season, I mean, onside kicks have been. Good for Fresno State in terms of kicking and receiving them. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, hopefully next season um, we can figure out this left hash deal with our lefty kickers and uh, kind of get over it. Because, I mean, it's funny, you know, once we get into our side of the field, you know, we're about to score and we're on the left hash. It seems like we were on the left hash the whole day. And the only thing I'm thinking is, okay, let's just run the ball to the right side. So we at least you know, <laughs> increased our percentages um, for, for our kicker. If we do end up getting in a fourth down situation. Um, so and yeah, obviously I don't think the coach, the coaching staff thinks that way. Um, you know, that's, that's my, my Madden brain, I guess, thinking like, okay, well, if I can't kick it from there, I need to get to the other side of the field. But, um, you know, thankfully ha- hasn't really hurt this team too much. And, you know, the, the miss, That Abe had, you know, didn't really impact the game uh, because the Docs still won by twelve. I was listening to the pregame,
0: and Coach Hill brought up the rankings for their punt team and our Mm -hmm. punt return team, Mm -hmm. and he said, "We're this is the place, the place of uh, where this is the place where it's is we're going to find the biggest difference, and we're going to be able to make some plays here. And of course, the first punt, like, oh man, we're going to break one. I thought Mm -hmm. we're going to break one." Because, yeah, their kicker, like you said, line drive. And then we <laughs> took one back. So, he knew about it. He knew it was coming. He called it. So, All right. Um, we need to give a play of the game, Caleb. What is your play of the game?
1: Uh, my play of the game... Let's see, I'm gonna do I'll do one one real and one sarcastic. So okay. the real play of the game, I think I'm gonna have to go with Nico's punt return. Um, because that really just sparked everything and kind of got the momentum going. Um, the sarcastic one has got to be the Boise State roughing <laughs> the punter. Yes. Um, because I mean that was a crucial 15-yard penalty on a fourth and 15 where the Fresno State offense was really stalling out, and yeah, I think that was in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken, and um, that led to our uh touchdown. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, yeah our, our first two two drives on the third quarter and negative 17 yards and then another three and out. And on that possession too, we were, I mean, not looking good. And they rough Carson. So credit to him flopping a little bit and you know drawing contact and um eventually leading to um you know another Jordan Mims touchdown. So that was huge. And or was that the Pope touched on? that I was, think it was the Pope. Touchdown. That, was, that was the Pope touchdown. So, yeah. um, that that was big. So, um, yeah, that's my my Boise State player of the game is whoever roughed <laughs> Carson King.
0: So, uh, you brought it up as your sarcastic play of the game. I actually had it down as my play of the game.
1: <laughs> okay, nice. yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah it, was, it was huge. It changed everything. Yeah, I went from oh man, we're not able to move the ball at all, to Oh, hey, I, I think we put this one away. I think. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was at that point, it was looking like, wow, like Boise State really made some sort of defensive adjustment here coming out of halftime and Fresno State What is going on here. And then once that that flipped, it's like, OK, we can finally get out from deep in our own territory and actually move the ball. So, yeah, that was that was huge.
0: Yep. All right. Player of the game.
1: Oof. Uh, gosh, it's hard. Yeah. Um, can't be the Boise guy. But. Yeah, yeah, of course not. i Not, not picking him. You know, I'm gonna boring as it is. I, I am gonna take Jake Hayner um, because I do think, you know, just with how well he's able to manage the game and yeah. run the offense. You know, without him, I don't think Fresno State wins this game. Um, so I'm I'm giving him player of the game. Obviously, not his best statistical game, but um, no mistakes and. State comes away with the winner.
0: Yeah, we saw him check to a lot of different stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it made me nervous getting down close to that uh, in that in that play co- play clock. <laughs> but yeah, he did great. Uh, I'm gonna go with Nico. I, punt return targeted a lot. He caught other than the one drop, but yeah, uh, I thought he made some good catches, made some great plays, changed uh, the momentum of the game with the punt return. I'm going with Nico.
1: And I think we we, we do need to mention our runner-up just being the whole defense. Yes. Uh, because yes. They, they really played as a unit. And, I mean, Lockridge doesn't get his two picks if, you know, the rest of the team isn't doing something to either create pressure or tip it. Um, so, yeah, I think we do need to mention that in terms of runner-up, that yes. this, this defense definitely deserves credit. And uh, something I did want to mention to you, that I thought is I always think it's funny when, um, you know, there's a pick and it's being returned is like watching the defensive players try to just crush like either the quarterback or running back or receiver when they're returning. So, yeah, Evan, Evan got a pretty good lick on the Genty. Well, I think it was on the first interception that, that Lockridge had. So it's just always funny when, you know, d- defense is getting the you know, free free shot at the offensive player. <laughs>
0: Lockridge had a nice stiff arm. Yeah, he off.
1: did too. He was he was trying to put the moves on and take a second one back, which <laughs> which kind of made me nervous too. Because I mean I don't know how strong his ball security is, and so uh, but yeah, thank thankfully he went down after you know a nice longer turn.
0: <laughs> it was fun to watch. It was. Now you brought up lockridge, and here's a a point I wanted to bring up, and I uh, there's two points I want to touch on. Uh, first things first, and I hope I don't turn anybody off to this because of this, but did you watch the award ceremony or listen to it? I didn't know. I I turned it off by then. Okay. Well, I listened on the radio. I turned on the radio, listened to the award Mm -hmm. ceremony. And Cam Lockridge was given the defensive player of the game. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he came up and talked. Well, he decided to yell into the mic. I'm not going to yell. I've yelled enough on this episode, but he yelled, they wrote us off so we ain't right back they wrote us off so we ain't right back we ain't right back okay and then every player that was interviewed by Cam Morel proceeded to talk about the naysayers and the doubters <laughs> okay so you know where i'm going with this everyone and i know i know who they're talking about they're talking about people in the red wave <laughs> uh, they're not talking about any other anyone other than the red wave outside because I watched game day and they all picked Fresno State other than one person Mac- other than McAfee. Pat McAfee. Yeah. yeah. Uh but yeah. uh so so as someone who and maybe I'm being soft for this, but as someone who supports a team and does a podcast and doesn't get paid all about the team, advertising the team, I was kind of hurt, right? Kale got kind of hurt that uh <laughs> they, they would say these things about us. So what 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 do you think about all this? And I understand because sorry, I'm so. I don't think there's any ground. Okay, let me just put it this way: you lose four games straight. You're going into San Jose State game. I was one of the doubters. Okay, I think we 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 made our um, everybody dance. Now just beat San Jose State, and we're gonna dance. And we took it to them. Yeah, but I don't think there was any reason that they gave us. To say, yeah, we're going to go out and beat San Jose State. And it is also credit to San Jose State. They were playing well at that time. Then there was, they were upset. The players were upset about people leaving the San Diego State game early, which I also understand when, you know, you have a three-month-old and it's 11 o'clock or 1030 and it's just the start of the fourth quarter, it's kind of tough to keep your three-month-old there. Okay, that those are my excuses. Okay, and granted, they're excuses. What do you think of the team coming out and saying all these things?
1: Well, okay, two two things. So I think from the defensive perspective, whatever fires them up to play hard, I don't really care. So it's (laughs) like if if that's what the coaching staff was telling them, you know, know, forget these people, like we're going to play hard and show them what's up, like sure, that's fine, whatever. Like I totally get that. Coach has got to motivate however – they feel like their team is going to respond to. So from that side, yeah, I don't really care. They 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 got it done, yes. and yeah, you showed us. Um, but at the same time, there was still a lot of people that you know <laughs> were riding with this team this whole season. Uh, I think I would count both of us on that, um, even through the one and four, so... Uh, yeah obviously you know we, we'd like to hear some some gratitude but uh, I think that's probably more likely to come from coaching staff because um, yeah. usually the the players are going to get a little more uh, authentic in terms of their emotions and the coaching staff is going to be a little more uh, diplomatic but uh, yeah honestly I, it doesn't really bother me um, you know I, I'm going to be a fan of this team no matter what but I think if you are uh you know, less bought into the program or new to town or something and looking, you know, for a team to support. Yeah, it's probably going to turn you off if, you know, the, the players that you're supporting are coming yeah. at you. Oh, that's for... why I bring it up. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: I was talking with my brother about it and, you know, well, that's just going to scare people away. Why are we doing this? It If we're complaining about the lack of support from the red wave, why are we doing this? This is not going to grow support. <laughs> but I kind of told you a little bit how I felt, but more of like what happened. I'm totally with you as a player. And even when I was a coach in high school, you know, you're looking for anything to motivate your players. And you know what? And Evan Williams said that coaches brought in things that people said, maybe they brought in something that we said, I don't know. And if that's the case, coach call me, I'll say something again next year. And you play it for him. I don't care. (laughs) Uh, You, you need something to motivate players. So whatever they can grab onto at the same time, I think that needs to stay in the locker room. You know, they talk about locker room talk. Honestly, that's how I feel. I think it needs to stay there. Don't let the red wave know. And your fan, your supporters know what you're using to motivate <laughs> your play, whatever it is. So that's how I feel about it, but I'm, I'm really happy. I'm like, you do whatever you want to motivate you hate me. I don't care. And I don't think it was us. Uh, but if you know, but you, you get, you get my gist. So, yeah. um, the, the social media days though, you know, we can see it, they can hear it, uh, we, you know, and we're in the media world now, uh, we could say whatever we want. There's the argument that they can say whatever they want. So I don't, I thought it was interesting. Obviously it struck a nerve with me because I want the, a bunch of people there supporting the dogs. I'm going to be there no matter what. I love Fresno State football. I'm going to support them. But new supporters trying to get people on board—it's going to be hard when we're doing things like that. Okay. Hey, tweet at us. Tell us what. You, tell me what you think. Okay, you can DM me. I don't. I love to talk more about this with you guys. Second thing. Uh, one of the listeners, I believe it was Kevin, brought up that uh, you know we have their number now. Things are changing. Boise does not own the Mountain West anymore. Yes, we lost by 20 early in the season, but we didn't have our starters. What is your take on... Is Boise losing the old Boise? Or, well, are they going back to the old Boise? You know, JC school? (laughs) And Fresno State on the up again? Or what's going on here? What do you think?
1: I think the... Answer to that question is gonna be in terms of who they hire as offensive coordinator. Cause I think our impression is that the dirt cutter hire was just more of a band-aid and just getting them through the season um after you know the the mid-season firing of whoever their offensive coordinator was before. Um so I think that plays a big part into it and in that if they can kind of rebuild a dynamic offense, I think they're going to stay towards the top of the conference. Um, I think no matter what, they're going to have a strong defense. I mean, that's kind of uh, Andy Avalos' DNA is defense and kind of building that strength. So I think from that perspective, they're they're going to be a tough team to play against, but I mean, like we showed here, I mean, their offense couldn't really do much. And so, their their running game is going to be strong, and I mean Green is a freshman that has a lot of a lot of time in front of him to improve and you know turn into really a weapon of a quarterback. Um, so I think it just turns into you know who is going to be there to lead the offense and are they able to make you know the right hire at that at that coaching position.
0: I've thought this from the beginning of when Andy Avalos got there. I'm not a fan of Andy Avalos. I don't think he's a good coach. I think Cutter saved the season.
1: oh, absolutely.
0: yeah 100%. Um, yeah, so Cutter's gone. So I agree with you on it's up to whoever they hire. maybe Andy Avalos is great at hiring people. Hmm. I don't know though. we'll see I I think Boise is still surviving just off of the brand that uh Peterson built kind of or or I don't mm-hmm. know who who coached before when they upset Oklahoma. Um, I don't remember.
1: No, that, that, that was still Peterson what before Peterson? him was, uh, Dan Hawkins was before okay. Peterson. Uh, I think Peterson was on the staff, but yeah, it, Peterson was the coach when it was Oklahoma and okay. you know, the, all Got the it. trick plays and stuff.
0: Got it. Okay. So Peterson built the brand, um, Harson inherited it, started Uh, we're seeing what's happening with Harson right now at Auburn. Uh, And he's, he's,
1: he's gone. So exactly.
0: And and now Andy Avalos has it. Uh, I they're going in the opposite direction that Fresno state is going now. uh, Tedford, I believe, you know, this is kind of his retirement. I guess you could say it's not retirement, but you know, this is retirement. He's going to be here at Fresno state until he dies. Like coach Hill. (laughs) Even though Coach Hill isn't coaching, trust me, he has he's saying things and he's at practice. Mm-hmm. Tedford is the same way. These guys, you know, bleed and breathe at Bulldog football. They're going to use it to retire. No one is doing that in Boise. Why? Because it's cold. When they when they retire, they come here. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to live in Boise for anyways. I think Boise is going the wrong direction. Uh, they have a couple more years left. However, I mean I Taylon Green is their last hope, I think. If if they can't keep if Andy can't keep Taylon around and figure out how to use him, I think it's over. Now, the yeah. same could be said for Fresno though. But Tedford is such a good coach and good at working with quarterbacks. Uh I think we're fine. I think it's only going to go up from there. We he's getting good recruits. The the conference championship win is huge for recruiting by the way. I, I, the nation is looking at us in a completely different light than the beginning of the season, and same and last year. I don't think we made too much noise last year, uh, but now with Tedford back, I, this program is going somewhere. Mm-hmm. We, we were going somewhere when Tedford was here last time; that is just unfortunately cut short. So, anyways, that's my take on Boise Fresno State. I think yes. If they can't, if Andy can't figure it out with offensive coordinator and his quarterback, I think Boise's done. Uh and then I would say, I would have said it's gonna be UNLV next, but <laughs> they're dumb and got rid of their coach, who I thought was gonna be <laughs> decent, uh, who is showing promise. So I, I think it's Fresno State's conference to lose. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think so. And but at the same time, I do think it helps Fresno State to have a really competitive Boise state especially with potential conference realignment. And I, I would like to see the two kind of go together. I mean, ge- geographically, it's very different. Um, but I, I do want, you know, this rivalry to keep going. And hopefully it becomes, you know, more even, um, at least statistically as the years goes on. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. And hopefully if these two teams can both be, you know, remain at the top of the Mountain West, you know, they're they're the first calls when whatever conference is looking to expand.
0: Awesome game. Does, we should stop talking about the future. Let's live in the moment here. Appreciate this that's one. Right. Your Fresno State Bulldogs are Mountain West champions, baby. Oh Woo. man, that's that feels good to say. December 17th, Jimmy Kimmel, LA Bowl playing Washington State. Uh I know I got the okay. Believe this, I got the okay for my wife to go. Oh, all right. Let's go. <laughs> so I'm ready, dude. I'm ready. Uh, somebody messaged me. Where you I don't know where everybody's sitting, so uh we need to figure out where everybody's sitting. Message us on Twitter, beware C S U F or on Instagram, beware Bulldogs Podcast. My personal is Caleb underscore go dogs. Uh Caleb Plutz personal is CMP Go Dogs. You can get a hold of us there. We got previews coming up. We got a uh, Tobeno KK, Coach Dwayne Wright coming out. Uh we got people scheduled. We're having lots of fun. Uh, let's go win this bowl game, man!
1: That's right. Finish the season strong.
0: All right. Stay safe. Stay healthy. God bless you guys. We're Mountain West champions, and as always, go dogs.
1: Go dogs.